Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Anybody happy to be in the house? Mm. Even if you are not happy, you're still here. <laughs> Might just as well make yourself happy. <laughs> uh, can we have Sister Lisa? Thank you. Yes, wait for us. Praise the Lord. I'm going to be reading 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12 to 18. Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. We are not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. Verse 14. But their minds were made dull. For this day, the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. It has not been removed because only in Christ is it taken away. Even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil covers his heart. Verse 16. But whenever anyone tends to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Verse 18, and we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed in his image with every increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the spirit. Amen. Can we stand please? Let's just stand to honor the Lord. Peace, Lord. Peace, Lord. The dead is I'm blessing his Lord. Oh, I 
lift up your voice and make some noise to let the Lord know that you are here to give him glory. Tell him that he, he is the reason for your coming to church. Tell him that you love him. Tell him that he is who he says he is. And nothing is going to change who he is. No demon, no power, no principality, no sickness shall change who he says he is. He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Be glorified, O Lord. Be glorified in the house. Receive all the glory. Receive all praise. Receive the praise. Kaboshi habrandebo. Maze kabota ba yabye. Okebo se mahanda labrata. A mahanda rakasoka ye mahata. Open the door, oh God. Enter into this temple, oh God. Let your presence be in the heart. Lift up burdens, oh God. Break yokes, oh God. Set your people free, oh God. Let your presence and your glory fill this house. Fill this house. Akayabe. Labranderebo tabre. Fill this house. Jesus Christ this Lord let every knee bow let every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord hallelujah 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 shall we be seated in the presence of the Lord see we need to come to this place where we recognize that the reason why we come here is because of him. It's not because of anything. It's not because of anybody. It's not because we have a beautiful building here. It's because of him. We do that to let you bring your heart and your mind and your spirit in this place. Because I think that if we spend two hours here and we don't see him, we don't connect with him, it's a failure. It's a waste of time. So when we come here, we want to meet him. Mm. I want to thank my handsome brother. He's always been handsome. Hallelujah. Thank, thank God for his life and the wife, life of the mama, mama Derby, um, Pastor Oko, and the leadership team of PRWC. Bible says we should honor those who honors you. So, Apostle, God bless you for giving me this opportunity. The book of Isaiah has a lot of prophecies about Jesus. Isaiah has prophesied so much about the birth, even given the name that he would be born with. And he prophesied about the mission, the death, the resurrection and the victory over death and his second coming. And uh, he, he said that so many 
hundreds of years before Jesus came. And just so that we know, when he came, when Jesus came, how would anybody know that he's in town? <laughs> Isaiah had prophesied about 800 years before, but when Jesus came, just so that we know, those days there was no CNN, right? How would anybody know that Jesus is in town? The Bible says that before he was born, God sent angels ahead of him to announce that this Jesus is in town. So, Christmas story, we hear of angels going to tell Mary, you who are highly favored, going to have a child. And on the day that Jesus was born, angels were sent to go and tell the shepherds. That in the city of David today, the Savior is born. Go check him out. Go check him out. When he grew old, John the Baptist, <clears throat> who went ahead of him, he was a voice. The Bible says he's a voice crying on the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. So he came preparing the way of the Lord. And, and one of those days, the Bible says that when John saw Jesus coming, he said, thus, thus is the Son of Thus is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Now, if you read the text, it doesn't talk about sons. It talks about son, son. The root cause of our problem is not sons. It is sin. It is the seed of sin that has messed up the whole world. And Jesus was revealed to come and deal with the issue of sin. This is the Lamb of God. He pointed to Jesus and said, this is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And as if that wasn't enough, God himself showed up after Jesus was baptized. And guess what? He said, this is my beloved son that I sent to you. I am so pleased with him. I'm so pleased. I'm so happy that I'm sending my one and only beloved to the world. And so Jesus came, he started his earthly ministry, he started talking, people gathered around him, the whole of Jerusalem, you know, everybody, children, women, men, old people, young people, everybody was gathering around Jesus, just wondering who this guy was. And so he took time to tell them who he was. <laughs> and, when, and when you read much of John's gospel, it, it, he, John tried to reveal the divinity and the humanity of Jesus. And so Jesus said of himself, by way of self-introduction, I am the good shepherd. I know how to take care of my sheep. Anybody who comes to me, I will never let him go. I'll take care of him. He said again, that I am the resurrection and the life. Anybody who believes in me will never die. Say never. Anybody who comes to me and believes in me will never die. And even if he dies, I still got the power to raise him up. I am the resurrection and I am the life. Yet at another place, it says, I, just so that you know, I'm 
I'm the bread of life. Your fathers ate manna in the wilderness and they all died. But I came from heaven and I am the bread that is coming from heaven. And if anybody eats me, they will live. They will live. Oh. They will live. I'll never die. They will live. If anybody takes me in, if anybody believes in me, I am the bread that never spoils. When you eat me, that life. That life. I'm the bread of life. And he said again in John chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And notice the definite articles that were being used. He didn't say, I am a way, I am a life, and I am what? I am a truth. He says, I am the Truth. There is only one truth. It's the truth. I am the only way. If anybody is thinking of going to the Father, no. You can't go through anybody. You got to go through me. And I trust that all of us sitting here, we have made that the whole little discipline. To follow this Jesus. Because he is the only one that will take you to where you need to go. So he told Nicodemus in John chapter 3 that nobody can go to heaven. Nobody can see this kingdom. Nobody can see God unless through me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. But I'm more interested in what he said in John chapter 8 verse 12. You can put it on the board for us. John 8 verse 12. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. You see, the real demand. I am, I am the light of the world. And then he, he stopped and looked at the people and said, whoever, now what does whoever mean? Whoever means what? <laughs> he said, whoever, whoever, young, old, black, white, rich, poor, Ghanaians, Nigerians, Australians, whoever follows me will never, say never. And what does never mean? You guys, you amaze me here. Just repeating the same thing I tell you. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. If you follow Jesus, darkness, then you? No. Now, talk to me. What does darkness mean? Darkness. What does it mean? Don't, don't repeat the same way. <laughs> darkness means what? Absence of lying. <laughs> that, that's a good one. <laughs> Jesus said that the prince of this world is coming. He's called the prince of darkness. But he's got nothing in him. 
In John's gospel, chapter 1, it says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. And then verse 5 of John chapter 1 says that, And the light shined in the darkness. The light shines. The light penetrates where there is darkness. And what happened to the darkness? See, darkness is a domain. Darkness has power. Darkness is synonymous to evil and wickedness. Many evil and sinful things are done under the cover of darkness. And so oftentimes, unfortunately, black people are associated with evil. Black male, black lust. Everything black, darkness, is evil. But you are not evil. Say, I'm not evil. Hallelujah. The Bible says that, and the light shining when Jesus shows up in your life, when Jesus comes to live in your family, it says the darkness got to go. So darkness and light cannot stay together. When darkness and light meet, one got to go. When the life of Jesus begins to show up in your life, the life of evil, the life of sin, the life of, of wickedness got to go. Because the two cannot stay together. I am the bread of life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. See, so when Jesus came into the world, and he introduced himself that he is the light. I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly. I have come that you will be resurrected from, from the dead. Anybody who believes in me, he says that even if you die, I will lift you up. I am the bread of life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody goes to the Father except through me. This is Bold statement. Bold statement. I am. And so anybody who comes to Jesus comes to the light. Anybody who comes to Jesus ought to live a life of victory that light has. Or it didn't work. Nobody should be in Jesus and living a life of evil and wickedness. And helplessness. No. Because when the light shines up, darkness got to go. Put it on the board for me. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13. It says that Jesus rescued. Say rescue. People who are in bondage are rescued, right? And he rescued or delivered us. And the us is you and I who were sold out to sin and to the devil and who were helpless in the slave market of the enemy. He came to the marketplace where the enemy has held many of us in bondage, in sin and in darkness. And he entered there and he rescued me and he rescued you. And it says he rescued us from what? The power of darkness. 
He rescued you. He rescued me. He rescued all of us from the dominion. The other translations are dominion of darkness. The power of darkness. And guess what? When he delivered us and rescued us from the dominion of darkness, where did he send us according to the word of the Lord? Where did he send us? Someone say it loud. He brought us into the kingdom. Mm, the kingdom of his son. God has brought you and I into a very wonderful place. A place where there is glory. A place where there is laughter and joy. Oh, come on, people. One of those days will be in a place where there is no sin, where there is no pain, where there is no sickness, where there is no death, where there is no anguish, where there is no famine, where there is no wickedness, where there is no darkness. But now that we are here, he wants us to have a foretaste of what is yet to come. So we are a people here on earth, but a different people. We are a peculiar people. First Peter chapter 2 verse 9, he says that you are a chosen generation, a people belonging to God. And that's what we're talking about, the glorious church. When we talk about the church, the church is a people that have been taken out of the world. Even though we live here in greater Toronto, we don't belong here. We are a special breed. Somebody say, I'm a special breed. I'm special. We live in the same place. We go to, to the same workplace. We go to the same Fortinos. Uh, we go to the same TD Bank. But we are a different people. Because he has shone his light in our life. And we are a special people. Special people that have been delivered from the bondage of sin and brought into the kingdom of his dear son. So where are we now? Where are we? We are in the kingdom. The kingdom of darkness or the kingdom of light. So our lifestyle should be one of light. Wherever there is light, he shines. Hallelujah. And so, in this kingdom, even though we're not gone up here, we are here, but he's given us the power. Because he knows that there is so much evil, there's still some darkness in the world. He's given us the power to overcome the spirits of darkness around us. Hallelujah. So, Romans chapter 6 verse 14 says that, therefore, sin will not have dominion over you. Sin will not have power over your life. Sin will not control your life no more because you are not under the power of sin and darkness. Say that I'm a child of God. Say, Lord, I'm a child of God. I'm part of the kingdom of light. Hallelujah. I'm part of the kingdom of light. I'm, I'm, I've been delivered, I'm being set free, I'm delivered, I'm, I'm rescued, I'm no longer part of that world system which is full of sin and de you know, uh, wickedness and evil. I, I've been delivered, I've delivered. I'm free. Come on, somebody say I'm free. He's rescued me. Some of us are still struggling with sin. Some of us are still hanging around. One foot is there, one foot is here. But he rescued me. Rescued us. Beloved, he's rescued us. We no longer ought to operate under the bondage of sin. We've been freed. Well, that's the reason why when we come to church, we should celebrate that. 
We've been freed. Hallelujah. Power to live holy lives. Power. Can I ask for, I'm, I'm going to do a Bible test, okay? To draw your thoughts. All right? Titus chapter 2, verse 11. Anybody knows what's there? The first person to read it. Titus 2, 11. Come on, you have all prayed. You, you, you there? Okay, first person, read it for me. Titus 2, verse 11. The grace of God has appeared to, to who? To who? I want to read it from my uh, the new international. It says, for the grace of God, that brings salvation. Can you go there? The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. The all men there is not talking about men only. It's talking about all people. And then it says it teaches us. See, the grace of God didn't appear only to our parents. It didn't appear only to apostles and pastors. It appeared to all of us. And the grace of God that reached you and reached me when we were helpless in our sons, the grace that brings salvation, the Bible says, when it appeared unto you and me, and when we accepted him, it teaches us to say no. Say no. No. Teaches us to say no to ungodly And to let self-control in our prayer life. Amen. So what are we talking about? We're talking about glorious things. A people that God has rescued from the dominion of darkness. And he made us into a group called the church. Now who belongs to the church? Who is part of the church? Who is part of the church? Yes, brother. Oliver. How did you become part of the church? Okay. So anybody who has believed in Jesus Christ, accepted Jesus, the fact that you were walking by and just saw this place and he walked in doesn't make you one of us. We're talking about the church it's a people whom Jesus have a relationship, a personal relationship. They've confessed Christ. They believed in him. And that's why our names are written not only in the book of PRWC North York, but in heaven. Amen. Our names are written in heaven. And the purpose why God has gathered us together as a church, as a special people, is the word of those days. One of those days. One of these days. Soon and very soon. When the Lord shows up as the bridegroom, he's coming for our people. Is somebody hearing me? He's not coming for this building. He's coming for our people. 
He's coming for his bride. And I want to show you the picture of the bride that he's coming for. Ephesians chapter number 5. Verse 25. Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 25. Husbands. Hello. Do we have some husbands in the house? Don't pretend that you are not a husband. Your wife knows that. <laughs> husbands. Do what? Love your wives. Is it a suggestion? What is it? Husbands, love your wives. Even as Christ also loved the church. And gave himself for it. So that he might sanctify the church. And cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Now, verse 27 is the, is, the, is the goal of what Jesus has been doing all this while. The reason why he met you and he saved you, he went on the cross and died a shameful death. The reason why he's seated in heaven and interceding on our behalf, one of these days when he shows up, there is only one reason. There is one goal. The Bible says to present unto himself. A glorious church. A church without stain. You know what a stain is? What a stain is? A stain is a lot of blood. There is this white background and you see a lot of blood. It's a stain. Other translation calls it a spot. A church without a spot. A wrinkle. You know what a wrinkle is? Look at your faces if anybody has. <laughs> These days, people are polishing up. They're putting up all kinds of, they have the foundation. And what is the next one? Trying to cover all the wrinkles just so that your faces look smooth. Jesus is coming for a church without wrinkles. A beautiful church. When he comes, one of those days is coming for a church without wrinkles. Let me read something for, as I, as I bring this message to a close. Isaiah 61, I mean 60, verse 1 and 2. Isaiah 60. He says, arise, shine. For your light is yet to come. Oh, okay, so you are here. You are here. I know that you are here. Arise and shine for your light. For the light has come. The light of the world, the Lumiere du Monde, has come. The light of the world has come. Jesus has come. And the glory. Kabul. When the light shineth, it makes the whole place beautiful. The light has come. Listen, the glory will not come until the light shines through. There got to be light before the shining will come. Mm -hmm. There got to be light. And you cannot be this victorious Christian without knowing those Jesus. And walking with him every day. I'm talking about every day. Not when you show up on Sunday and pretend that you are one of them. No. Mm. Didn't going to happen. 
You're walking with Jesus every day. Every day. Arise. Change. Arise. Don't sit in darkness. Don't, don't hang around darkness. Arise from darkness. Arise from your sins. Arise from your weakness. Because the light of the world is coming. And when he comes, he comes with the glory. He comes with the glory. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lord. It says that thick darkness, see darkness covers the whole earth. And thick darkness, thick darkness. So there is darkness and there is thick darkness. That is serious. Serious. Darkness and thick darkness. Even ordinary darkness, you can't see. Feel our way around. How about thick darkness? It says thick darkness will do what? Covers over all the people. Ah, but the Lord rises upon you. And his glory shows up on as many that his light shines. Second Corinthians chapter number three. If you forget everything that I've said so far, don't forget this. Second Corinthians chapter three verse 13. And this is where the title of my message comes from. The title of my message is Ever Increasing Glory. And says, and we all, say we all. We all means. <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> we all means what? <laughs> it includes, it, it includes me. We all. It includes me, it includes you. It's we all. Give somebody five and say, we all. We all. Now listen. It says, we all with an unveiled face. Unveiled. You know what a veil is? What is a veil? Calvary. Have you been watching the, 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 the women who come as bride these days? They say that they have a veil over their face. That if you stand about five meters, you can still see through the veil. That's no veil. That one is no veil. A veil is something that covers and nobody can see the real you at the other side. Are you hearing me? A veil covers the true identity of the person behind it. When you go to Hollywood, we have people called actors. And the word actor comes from a Greek root where it's like somebody's wearing a mask. And, and, and it, it, it camouflages who he really is. So all these people that have become celebrities, they are acting to be some people that they are not. Many of them, their life is not what they are 
portraying on the TV for us this week. But the scripture says that we all, can you put it back for me? We all with an unveiled faces. Tell somebody, take off the veil. So many people, Christians these days, they show up in church with a different face, a mask. They come with a mask. The real person is different when they go home. The real person is different when they go to the workplace. The real person is different when they go to school. We all, with an unveiled face. Oh, I pray that we will be real. People see us, they see us through and through. We're not one people in church. Praise the Lord, Pastor. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the next moment he's knocking somebody, he's maligning somebody, he's gossiping about somebody, he's backbiting somebody. No, no. Tell somebody to take off the veil. You see, because when you wear the veil and the light shining, it ain't going nowhere. It ain't going nowhere. But it says that we all with unveiled faces, as we look up to the Lord. The other word for contemplate is to reflect. As we look to the Lord and we receive the light that is shining upon our face, as we stay in his presence, just like Moses stood in the presence of the Lord, and the Bible says that the glory of the Lord was radiated to him. And so he walks out from the presence of the Lord and people are hiding their faith. And even Moses didn't know that it's because of the glory. If we stand in the presence of the Lord, if we stay in his presence, if we walk with the Lord, if the Lord is on our side, if I'm praying every day, if I'm dealing and dealing in the word of the Lord, I'm telling you, the glory. Reflects in my face. And as it reflects, it says as we contemplate, as we reflect his glory, we are being transformed. And the word there is being. Being means what? It's a present continuous tense. It is something that didn't happen five years ago and I forget it. It's something that I do every day. Yesterday I'm being transformed. Today I am being transformed. Five years ago the transformation is different. Today got to be different. Every day we got to be changing and changing to be like him. With an ever increasing glory. As we look to Jesus as a church. May his glory beam upon us. It says that in the same way, in the same way, Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, let your light shine before men. In the same way, let your light shine before men so that they will see mm, the evidence of the glory. They will see. This is the glorious church we're talking about. It's not just showing up in church. It's having a light that reflects his beauty. A glory that shows his power in your life. 
a glory that shows his dignity, his magnificence, his splendor in your life. So when people look at you, they give glory to him. Because you are a reflection of his glory. You are a reflection of his glory. 